It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello and welcome, Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, Stephen Jodder and Armand Kafai, MLS special. It's all MLS playoffs decision day. You got to hear. We'll look ahead. We'll look back. Disappointments. What's going to happen to the Columbus crew? Got a fantastic show. Armand, you are at FC Dallas, LA on decision game. Had no Wi Fi connection, so you were paralyzed when it came to uh, understanding what was going on around the, the league. Oh, yeah, the Wi-Fi connection was just really terrible. I guess it decided to be really bad, and I was relying on a really slow Twitter updates. And, I mean, let me, let's me let be honest here. First off, kudos to MLS for making Decision Day. I think it was a great success. I think it was fun. I had a blast, honestly. I mean, people were like, are you disappointed if Dallas didn't qualify? I was like, no, I had fun. I mean, the league as a whole, it was very entertaining to see, and um, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the playoffs. We have lots of juicy matchups, lots of juicy storylines. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen uh, in the next well I was going to say a couple of weeks but playoffs last like three months so like <laughs> three, three months. months yeah seriously it does you got the FIFA window like what uh, I loved what ESPN did the whip around show was fantastic it was 45 minutes non-stop goals galore 46 46 today. and uh, it was amazing Taylor Twelman I think he is an excellent commentator on MLS, on the issues of MLS. I love his passion. Uh, Alejandro Romero. I, Moreno, I, come on. I just don't get the same buzz with him. I feel he, he's interesting. He does better in studio than he does game day. So Really? Yeah, I, that's my personal thought. I, I like some commentators over the other. That you know, it's my personal opinion. Tweet us at Unc Sam Soccer Pod at Stephen Jodder, and if you think I'm completely insane, it's okay. Typically happens. Uh, Armand, let's. I want to take MLS as a whole, the entire season, and I want to ask you two basic questions. Okay. Was it a success? Yes. All right, good. I agree. I think it was a, a monumental success. Atlanta United, uh, you had trades, you had rumors, you had stars, you had a lot of goals. Juicy. Juicy. Um, but there are struggles, absolutely. Um, biggest surprise of the 2017 season for you? 
Wow. So this is this is a tough one, but I don't think it's a tough one at all. <laughs> um, fear that I am based in Dallas. It has to be FC Dallas not qualifying for playoffs and their absolutely disastrous collapse that they had in the latter half of the season. I think you. I think anyone that's seen the team play, you yeah. saw them go toe to toe against Liga and Mickey's power, not power, but quality team Pachuca in a historically one-side matchup where MLS is dominated by Liga MX, um, you, you have to realize watching watching that team play, I mean, nothing changed when it comes to formations and play-wise, and it, they just couldn't buy they couldn't buy a win at that point. They could, Dan Hunt could have opened his uh, checkbook and tried to buy a win for a million bucks. It wouldn't have happened. The team was just, it was just, I couldn't believe what was going on. It was, it. Uh, Matt Doyle continuously says it's one of the biggest disappointments ever one of the biggest failures ever i have to agree with him i the team was in first place and you think they're going to go to supporter shield mls cup but man that was that had to be one of the worst collapses i've ever seen from a team yeah we actually have uh oscar Pereira commentating on the season as a whole and i want to get to something he says early on in his clip he talks about the fans at fc dallas and the support um i'll give you my reaction afterwards express our feelings of gratitude to our fans um, because what I saw uh, today was the full support for a group of people that still believe in this group and in, in this program and, I, and I, that was great uh, frustration so he talks about the support Armand how was the support today at the game I mean it was better than uh, average I'm assuming that's the last uh Home game, last game of the season, so it's going to get a little bit of a bump. But um, I mean, it was it was it was a lot better than average. I mean, you heard roars when the the crowd found out Minnesota had scored, and you heard disappointment when the crowd found out San Jose scored. So I mean, I think it was a relatively better crowd than what we've seen. Is it a crowd that's up to my expectations as a person who's been watching MLS? No, but it's <laughs> Dallas. So it's Dallas. You can't let, have to lower let, expectations. Armand, let's be honest. It's Dallas. Okay, Dallas is is terrible, but there's. My feeling is there's a trend. We talked about it in the previous episode how off the field, it's all the newcomers who have the advantage. On the field, it was the old clubs. You, you, Dallas was doing well. You had success of the old clubs doing well. That's shifting. Pl- MLS is starting to spend money, and there's a gap developing. And Oscar Pereira wasn't ha- – he didn't – he sat up there, and he ha- – I guarantee you, Dan Hunt, the owner, came down and said, "Say something to the about the fans." Because well, no, I don't agree. With, I don't agree with that because he always says something about the fans. He always does. That's does. the way Oscar is. He always he always goes. I want to thank the fans for coming out and supporting. Like, well, you know game, why he says that? Game, you know, he no. That's that's the person he is. It's not no 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 that, no, no, know, no. Dan Hunt said this. No 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 no. That's, no. that's who he is. Okay, that's that's fair. That could be who he is. But he acknowledges that the fans. When the fans are good, I think Oscar appreciates it because the fans aren't always good at Dallas. He goes around and travels to Seattle and sees these massive stadiums fill up. Atlanta United, for example. And he he acknowledges, wow, Dallas, we, we might – at least some fans show up consistently. And he acknowledges that. I think Dan Hunt doesn't realize that. Oscar Pereira gets that sense. So he appreciates the fans because it's so small to begin with. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, I just feel like when you're 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 a coach, you when you're a part of a club, you always have to appreciate your fans. Yeah. I mean, it's not like 
It's, it's, I don't know. I mean, whatever. You got five fans, and you you always appreciate them. But I mean, um, he he said some things that were relatively interesting. Says that the team needs to basically, I'm paraphrasing, needs to look at themselves as a whole and do some evaluations. Some players won't be coming back. Some players will. Yeah. I mean, I I I don't don't know who's going to be coming back. I, I mean, I have a feeling who might leave and who might come back. But I mean, we saw a collapse of this magnitude. I mean. They just they just seem solved. I mean, I did a piece actually on Morrow not being as uh, central anymore. He drifts yeah. wide, he drifts left, and I mean, you saw he actually put in Javier Morales to kind of be that connector of sorts and uh, kind of uh, make Diaz say, "Okay, you don't have to come all the way back. You have Morales; he can come all the way back, pick up the ball, and connect it to." There was just something really wrong with that team. I I don't know what it was. Um, at first, I thought the off-season signings would be a hit. They were all, I'd say, almost 95% of them were misses. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, guess, not, wait, I wait, guess. wait. Pause. Coleman, the Coleman signing. Awful. Can we say Miss. that? Like, holy crap, was that awful. I told you that when it first signed. The dude doesn't <laughs> score did. consistently. He did. He did. He did. Like, hey, everybody Steve, mocked me. Oh, no, Dan Hunt spending money. Yay, woo! Money! We're spending! We're going to win the MLS Cup! Woohoo! The dude doesn't score. He didn't score in South America, and he didn't score. Huh? What a terrible signing. Oh, was hey, it awful. To, uh, cr- credit to Stephen. He actually did say that. Um, I guess my, my thing was, Coleman was, had a very positive start scoring a goal in the CONCACAF Champions League. First game... And his runs on off the ball were great. He just couldn't score. And part of it was unlucky. Nice though, but he was part unlucky. of it was unlucky. And and I guess his confidence went all the way down. I mean, we can talk more and more. I mean, Walker Zimmerman. I love the guy. I really do. But he we he went from we were thinking and actually I was very confident. I mean, he was probably ninety five percent going to get a Gold Cup call up. Now he's not even making the team a starting 11. And there's just so many issues going on. I mean, players yeah. are frustrated. Are players looking elsewhere? Do players want to leave? I mean, we're probably going to see a team that's a little a little bit understatement, a lot different in the uh, coming months. And we'll see how Oscar and Dan Hunt and Fernando retool this team. And hopefully, you know, it's, it's for the better. And, I mean, if they don't change much, they probably won't make playoffs. I mean, I think Oscar maximized the lineup. Uh, well, let me there. let me. I want to get to another Oscar clip here. He talks about, I think, something that's an issue with MLS as a whole. Uh, no, I'm, here it is. Uh, players and coaches need to understand that the game has to be lived every single moment and and and, and every single day. It, it's not. Uh, it, it's not something that. That you get, you carry it for two or three games. Uh, I think it's it's just fighting for every point. You know, today the game just shows that for one point we're not in the, the playoffs. But it's not because that point is because so many games that probably we drop many other points. It's going to be full of experiences for sure that uh, that we will evaluate. But positive things is. So our, Oscar goes on to, and talks about the points in in the fight in FC Dallas, like. FC Dallas did not have a backbone this season. Last season, you thought they could pull out any result. Nothing was too big of a deficit to overcome. 
nothing. This season, one goal goes in, the LA, for example, today, and you thought, yeah, they have absolutely no shot. Today, I guess they, for some reason, wanted to show up and play. But I think this issue of not having greater emphasis on earlier games in the regular season is an issue across the league. But some of these players can shut it down at 2 nothing or 2 you know, rather than trying to fight for a single point in the middle of April, that's tough. But when you're fighting in Europe costly for, you know, your starting position, every second matters. And MLS still has an issue. I think Oscar has a hard time conveying that to some of his players. I think, yeah, the importance of uh, those games are relatively important um, in, in the earlier part of the season. But, I mean, the emphasis on points in MLS, it's kind of hard to put into give a value to because the playoff system yeah it's not like you it's not like the Premier League where you need you almost need every point you never know what's going to happen throughout the season you can you know make up a point here and there it's the wrong mentality to have but you're still going to have that mentality no matter what the problem with FC Dallas was in the beginning of the season too I do remember like when they were drawing NYCFC or Portland and Portland's a quality team NYCFC quality team and I think it was, there was one more game I think it was San Jose or they lost San Jose. I'm sorry. Um, all these games, there's, these are points you need. These are home games. Yeah. No, no. Gorgeous Frisco. I, and I, I, home games in MLS are so important. Yeah, and you, you know that we talk about this all the time. Yeah, all the time. All the time. It's about the home games. It's never about the way games in MLS. If you get, if you're good on the road, that means you're a really good team. Look at Toronto. But you could lose every game on the road and you still make the playoffs. That's just how it works in MLS. Road teams suck. Weird. They just do. Uh, my biggest surprise has to be Atlanta United. Set the record today with another massive attendance. So uh, I think that it, Seattle is extremely pissed because for the longest time it was Seattle with the big crowds, and here come the new boys, and they suddenly wiped the record right off. So uh, it's really interesting to see that dynamic. Um, I think it, it's been electric. Uh, the, the play on the field has been fantastic. I think this is something MLS needed. Quick, the South American flair, the Caribbean flair, the, the Latino, Hispanic flair that, that's been missing from this league for quite some time, and now we're finally getting it. It's excellent. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm excited to see Atlanta play. I think it's on Wednesday, Thursday. I'm not sure, but really excited to see them play. Yeah. Uh, the playoffs. Uh, the Armand, we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to come back. We're going to start talking about the playoffs ahead, Eastern Conference first. Eastern Conference playoffs. It was set already. We know who we're in. Uh, it was just a question of seeding, Armand. And, yeah, uh, two through five. Two, two through, through five. five. But we knew Toronto FC, Supporter Shield champ, set the record uh, 69 points. So close to 70. You know what's funny? So close. It was funny. They haven't been, you know, of best as re- of recent. Yeah, I feel like that's a little bit of a motivational thing. You already have the thing wrapped up. 
supporter shield. What else do you have to wrap up? You know, like there's nothing really much yeah, to wrap up. I mean, I, seems, I just, I just want, they, I, they have. They, I just think you want to go the in the playoffs. Team. Well, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean they beat the rival. They drew Atlanta on the road. Um, Giovinco took a sip of some beer. So, hey. <laughs> Yeah, well, and Michael Bradley got fun. booed, and Altidore, they both got booed, which is awesome. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a Atlanta Toronto series is going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, there's nothing if it happens. If it happens, yeah, well, if it happens, sure. But Toronto FC have all the momentum. Their succeed, their season rests on basically. Uh, the season FC Dallas had last year. They, if they don't win the MLS Cup, it doesn't matter. Michael Bradley and Josie Altador, they better show up for the playoffs because if they want any chance to touch the U.S. men's national team, this is where it happens, especially after what happened. So they, they have that motivation. Uh, Sebastian Giovinco, not necessarily the Sebastian Giovinco of you know the couple last couple seasons, still 15 goals. Victor Vasquez. MVP candidate, sixteen assists and eight goals. Fantastic, you know. So and and he's he's kind of been like the piece they've been missing. Uh, Giovinco's uh, been struggling. I mean, not struggling. I mean, dude, the guy still can light it up real quick. I mean, he's one of the most important players Toronto has. But um, Victor Vasquez has been something that a lot of people were expecting. Barcelona man, um, just you know, whipping in balls left and right, and they've been great assists. And I've I think Vasquez has been a wonderful addition uh, to help Giovinco and alleviate some pressure off of him. And now you have Vasquez feeding balls to Altador, to uh, uh, Giovinco. You can have Bradley sit back in his role, and he doesn't need to push up as much because, I mean, you have a playmaker in Victor Vasquez. No, and you you have also a very good defensive team. I think that they have leadership. I think they're, they have a good chemistry, and I think – what they learned last year in the playoffs could really carry over. I think they too have the right mentality. They have the support. And I think what's unique is they actually have pressure from the fans, if that makes sense, to succeed because that's what they want, you know, that you need them to do well, especially in the city of uh, of Toronto. So it's, it's going to be a fascinating matchup if whoever comes out and plays Toronto because – Everybody wants to, you know, take down Toronto. They're, they are the overwhelming favorite right now. Then you have NYCFC, uh, who is a one-man team with David Villa, who literally carries about 38% of their goals. <laughs> 38! Jack I, Harrison. I, 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 yeah. yeah. Who's, Go ahead. I would say Jack Harrison has 10 goals. Got the U21 uh, England call-up. Fantastic for him. But after that... Four goals, three goals, one goal. I mean, it's it's no good. David Villa is the centerpiece to this team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's. I think Patrick Vieira is gonna have a little interesting thing. I mean, remember you have to remember last year they got dismantled in the conference semifinal by Toronto. I think it was like seven something on aggregate. It was it was they got destroyed. It wasn't even close. And. Um, now, now they're in the same spot. Basically, they have they have their spot clinched. I mean, man, it's gonna be it's it's, it's gonna be int- it's gonna be interesting to see because I mean, if let's say I, I think it works like if the lower seed wins, then they play the uh, top seed, and then the you, you know like one would play six, then four yeah. would play yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, 
if the Red Bulls win, then shoot, dude, they play the uh, the Red Bulls will play Toronto, and then what? Do you have NYCFC playing against Atlanta? That's gonna be. Oh, I mean, that is watering. gonna be a test awesome. for them. It's... That'd be a test for them. So I mean, Atlanta need. I, I mean, NYCFC needs to. I think the Schrober defense. I think Yonhel Herrera has been a fantastic addition to NYCFC, and I think overall uh, they're in a strong position. But I think. I I don't know if they're really MLS Cup favorites to be honest. I I don't to see either with, with with Toronto being so good, so good offensively and defensively. You just it's a complete team. That's why they finished twelve points ahead of NYCFC in the Eastern Conference. You know, so I, D- Patrick Vieira, good coach. We'll see. Uh, they get to play at Yankee Stadium. I guess that's good for them. Because are the, we like celebrating or yeah, something? I, I I don't know if that's a celebration. I found it interesting that Vieira uh, on decision day actually had the exact same measurements at City Field as he does at Yankee Stadium. He could have pulled it a little bit wider. I, I think it's just one of those habits. You know, you want to play at home. You want the same dimensions as you normally get. But moving on to the playoff matchup this week, you have knockout rounds. Knockout round, single elimination, win and you're in, lose you're out. Chicago Fire hosting the Red Bulls. Oh man, this is awesome for Chicago. Uh, after <laughs> having what a five year, five year, five year drought, they play arguably one of the tougher teams. I say Red Bulls. I mean, you have Schweinsteiger. Hopefully, he's back. I mean, they won. They rested him for us this season, so he'll be back for playoffs. I think it's 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 going to be interesting to see. I mean, you have Nikolic, man, freaking absolutely just amazing signing. This last guy from Warsaw, and he's been he's been scoring goals left and right. And just a nice little nice little poacher um, yeah. with twenty four goals, ah, man, and. You have the ultimate storyline of Dax McCarty. Yes. Uh, they traded him, I think, to get Sean Davis, I think, or, or Tyler Adams. One of two mm-hmm, more playing mm-hmm. time. And, I mean, now you have, now you have Dax coming back as a three seed uh, against the Red Bulls. My, I mean, my thing is this, Steven. I don't know if you feel the same, but I do feel like the Red Bulls – I don't know. I feel like the Red Bulls should be a favorite compared to Chicago, as, as dumb as that sounds. I, I don't see the same thing. Reason being is the Red Bulls have done historically poor in the playoffs the last two seasons. One season, they won the support shield. The next season, the top seed. Uh, marginally uh, losing out the supporter shield to uh, FC Dallas. And you, you think that the Red Bulls would be better off now, but the tra- Dax me. Tra- Cardi trade was interesting, and, and you're traveling on the road. I mean, the Red Bulls on the road this season haven't necessarily been the best. Only, you know, uh, five wins. It's better than what Chicago has done on the road, but Chicago at home, they're really good. 12 wins. That's second best Toronto. Like, Chicago have some firepower at home. They can really get after it, too. No, absolutely, I get it. Um, it, it uh, they can. Uh, they are a team that's much better than. Uh, well, obviously, at home they are just a completely different team than any of the uh, teams uh, than any than almost any other team. I'm assuming, right? They have the best home record, right? Like, 
I, 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 am I wrong? Am I wrong with that? Uh, you, I think they're the best are, home record. In... They're based on wins. Toronto has one more. Okay, well, sec- okay, whatever. Toronto's the best team in the league. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, you asked. I mean, come on. You asked. I mean, come on. But I mean, at the same time, we look. Bradley Wright Phillips, seventeen goals, Kleshton nine assists. I mean, Daniel Royer's been resurgent with the twelve with twelve goals. And New York does run that unique three six one formation. That man, I I, I really like it. Like, yeah, it, is that false? Really well, that weird number nine type of role. That weird number nine. That, that, that weird number nine kind of role. Well, and um, what I'm saying I mean, is, yeah. It's very fluid. You're able to. Uh... It's very fluid. Absolutely. No, you're right, Stephen. It's really fluid. You can move. You can switch defensively. You can switch attacking. I mean, you have Tyler Adams that right that that fullback position. And I mean, I feel like Jesse Marsh is a guy who can just come in and he knows kind of like Jose Mourinho. I mean, not comparing it to based on I think, but they can win one game. You know, if it's up to one game, they can win it. I mean, obviously well, in the series, yeah, Marsh struggled. The Red Bulls have been struggling going into Sunday's decision day. They were one. They had one win in the last ten games. It, it's not I mean, like man, but it's an MLS playoffs, though. Yeah, so I mean, we don't know what the, what the hell the, to expect. Yo, sure, but flipping the switch means what? You know, uh, in Chicago, just got destroyed by Houston. So and yeah, they got dest- they got destroyed by Houston. I mean, resting Schweinsteiger all that time. Um, and, so let me uh, ask you, Bashkin Schweinsteiger, the the experiment with Chicago. Now, we don't know what's going to happen after the season. Do you think that there is – A, I think Chicago has surpassed expectation. Now they are the three seed, so you would like to think they could at least get into the next round of the playoffs. I think that uh, after putting everything into context, that's their minimum. Uh, that's where they need to be. Uh, and I think the, the Schweinsteiger element could bring something to the Chicago team that you – that experiment, experience of a the World Cup and then b the Champions League win and and you move on. Who cares what the result is? This is football tournament. You just have to win. Yeah, yeah, he can he can he can bring that. I mean, I'm just just as of late, Chicago has been struggling a little bit. Um, I'm I'm telling you, man, this Nemanja Nikolic has been so not talked about. Yeah, and. He's 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 been absolutely outstanding. I don't know what to, I don't know. I think he should be talked about more than Schweinsteiger because I mean Schweinsteiger's had the impact, but even without Schweinsteiger, Chicago are pulling in nice crowds and whatnot. Um, look, looking at looking at the at the way they play, I mean, um, who is their their fullback's name? I think is Polster. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan Bol- he's he's been great. Brandon Vincent's been great. Um, overall, I mean, the Chicago team is just really, it's just, it's really well done. To be honest, I just, I don't know. I have just a weird feeling that Red Bull can pull an upset. I have no idea why. To be one hundred percent honest with you, but I, just, <laughs> I just, I think Red Bull, Red Bull. I just have this feeling Red Bull can pull an upset. And I mean, if they don't, they don't. If they do, they do. But I mean, it, it is going to be a nice uh, game to watch on Wednesday on FS1. I think that'll be really fun to see. You know, Armand, it's funny that. I've had a soft spot for Chicago. I don't know why since Schweinsteiger has come over. I just have. Uh, I want them to succeed. I think a big city like – You should go to the game. Yeah. I. You know what? I could. You could, right? Yeah, yeah go to the game. I mean, it's I on could, Wednesday. It's on Wednesday. I could I could get back for Thursday's classes. Uh, but um, I don't know. It, it's an interesting matchup because you have the Dax McCarty 
aspect. You have Nikolic, who's the golden boot winner that nobody seems to talk about. You have a really fluid Red Bulls, but both cl- clubs coming in on a down, it feels like, at the end of the MLS season. So who knows? Who can flip the switch? Who's going to be the leader? Moving on to Atlanta. Columbus Crew. Uh, what a weird matchup this is because Atlanta United is an expansion club. They just broke the record. They have fantastic players left and right. Martinez, Alderon, fantastic. Man, you can't say names. No, I can't pronounce names. Alderon? Jesus Christ, man. Alderon. Alderon. My goodness. My goodness, Steven. (laughs) You just move on. Forget and move on. Alderon. What do you what do you what do you make of this Atlanta United? From the Atlanta United side, I'm be honest with you, as a, they 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 don't they don't they don't look they're not a four seed in my opinion. They start off kind of shaky. They have those home games, and man, Atlanta at home is a completely different monster from Atlanta on the road. But this team is is I think they're going to be healthy. You have Bilaba, you have Almarone, you have Martinez, you have Assad. Man, you have Lorenowitz and Carmona. I mean, Lorenowitz has been one, I think, the most important parts of that Atlanta team. Not defense with Gonzalez Perez. Uh, Garza's injured. Um, and, Michael, uh, uh, Michael Parkhurst did look to be shaken up today against Toronto. I mean, hopefully he's not, not out. But, I mean, you do have, as I call him, big red Jeff Lorenowitz who can fill in that center back role, as he has been doing. Uh, I remember John Strong did mention this on a broadcast. Uh, that uh, it looks like Atlanta's uh, formation is almost a three-five-two because Lorenowitz sits so far back and the fullbacks push so high up. Yeah, uh, that's how they play, and that's exciting. It's fun for me. It's fun to watch. Oh, it's fantastic! And, and, it's and they fantastic. press. They press so. Oh, they press hard. so high. It's it's really it's really impressive to watch how high they press up, how they how they intertwine, how they switch. It's it's a beautiful attacking soccer. Now that can also leave them very vulnerable at the back. And I think a team like Columbus can capitalize on that. Absolutely. All righty. Continuing uh, with MLS playoff discussion, joining us right now is Andrew Erickson, beat writer, Columbus Dispatch, covering the crew. How's it going, Andrew? Thank you for uh, joining us. Doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Well, let, let's get straight to it because Columbus has this awkward position. Being in the playoffs, a potential chance of you know lifting the cup. They uh, They obviously are in it. And then this weird relocation going on with with the contract issue with the owner going to Austin, Texas, out of all places. I don't know what what are, what are your thoughts headed into the playoffs playing Atlanta? Um, well, you know, this is a, a crew team that, that I, I think you know. I think it's almost cruel irony for this team to you know think if a team can go ten games unbeaten and then end up with Atlanta as your opponent after that. Um, you know, I think the whole. The whole purpose for the team of um, you know going on this stretch and, and continuing the momentum and, and working working at that um, was to to be able to avoid a, a road game. Um, but when it came down to it in this NYCFC game, um, all they needed was that last that last goal. Just couldn't quite get it, um, and uh, so they'll be headed to Atlanta. Um, I think for this team though, they, they go into the game understanding that it's obviously a very tough place to play. They drew seventy plus thousand fans. Um, for their regular season finale against Toronto, mm-hmm. and it, it's a great atmosphere. It'll be the first playoff game there, so obviously some 
um, some difficulty there. But I think this is a crew team that understands it doesn't fear really anybody right now. They know they can play with anybody. Um, if they play their game and they're able to move the ball around, they're able to play out of the back, they should be able to compete with just about any team in MLS. So I think you weigh those two things. So there's obviously some, some disappointment that they weren't able to clinch a home game or clinch a bye in the playoffs tonight. Um, but I think they are they are fairly confident heading into the postseason. Matt, I feel like Columbus, I mean, we haven't really heard much of Columbus uh, throughout throughout the MLS MLS season through, I guess, the MLS main media. But, I mean, just Miriam's having a good season. I mean, and you have to give some context. I mean, these guys were, what, just two years removed from an MLS Cup finalist position. They just had an off year last year. Now they're back. Um, what's uh, Burhalter's mindset going into the uh, series against, or that series, the game against uh, Atlanta? Well, I think it's just that, um, you know, I, I think it's one of confidence. And the word they've used a lot these last few weeks is focus. They feel like that's that's different. So there's, le- there's less of a, you know, stress on, okay, we're playing on the road. You know, it's going to be a difficult game. Or we're playing at home. This is a game they should win. I mean, they, they feel it like at this point they go into every game thinking they should be able to win. Um, I think – since they acquired Pedro Santos um, from the secondary, tra- the close of the secondary transfer window, it's given a little bit of a different dimension to their offense. So it gives Ola Kamara a little bit more space. Federico Iguain is healthy, um, and like you mentioned, Justin Merrim has had a, a solid season. Um, and so the, the combination of those four players up top um, has really given them a lot of offensive weapons. And so they feel like they can score with just about any team now. Atlanta's, you know, put up a ton of goals this year. Their goal differential mm-hmm. for a first-year team is is unbelievable. Um, so that certainly will be a test for them. But they feel like um, they can get into an offensive slugfest with just about any team. Yeah how how do you think uh, Columbus is going to handle the the Atlanta press, especially with the the fl- high flying offense that Atlanta has? Is Columbus going to end up being more of a defensive club in the first twenty minutes, trying to weather that that? away crowd yeah i think there will be some of that i mean i i think the you know the, the issue for this team is when it gets um I, I would say too caught up in that you saw you know in in large stretches of the first half tonight against nycfc they were playing in their defensive third and, and then that led them to have some mistakes and you know a harrison awful turnover led to a david via goal so you know i think i think it almost would be smarter for them to be aggressive earlier in a game like that. I know that's easier said than done when you're in a building with 70,000 people, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, when they're aggressive early, they're, 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 um, they're usually pretty sound. It's just a matter of not falling into that. Okay. Team's pressing us. We have to play out of the back. Every, every pass is being completed just in the nick of time. Um, because then, then I think the nerves set in a little bit. So if you, if you can go out and you can be aggressive and attack um, and get possession of the ball, I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's when they're at their best. So I, I think it. I think it would be smart for for them to be aggressive. But like I said, I, that's certainly easier said than done. Yeah, I just was just looking at the head to head. Columbus actually over the course of this season lost the uh, the aggregate five to one. Is is there any worry that Atlanta has this? You know, has dominated the club over the course of the two games. Is you think that's going to have a, a hangover effect into the the game this week? You know those games. It's it's crazy. It almost feels like a year and a half ago that those. Games I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and that that's the crazy part for me, and that that's the one part where I feel like, um, if, if there is a chance that that crew has the crew has in this game, it's that it's such a 
different team from what it was in July. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you I, I go back and think about that 2 nothing loss at home that they had. And Jonathan Mensah whiffs on a header. Um, you know, their outside, outside backs get beaten on another goal. I mean, it's these two, you know, transition-type goals that, um, you know, really – you know, I, I were kind of on silly mistakes and almost if, if I remember correctly. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that, I think they'll, they'll at least be more competitive. I think they're a more sound soccer team, um, than they were the last time, last couple times they played. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just feels, that feels so long ago that those two games were. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking, um, h- how far do you think this crew team can go? Do you think they, uh, uh, survive against Atlanta on the road and, uh, move on because I mean, this atlanta team is absolutely quality as as i've been saying i mean they're only like what, two years removed from the mls cup appearance i mean so do you think this team has potential to win the mls cup and uh contend for it yeah i, I was i was just discussing with somebody though i mean the the difficult part for them is to to reach i correct me if i'm wrong here but i mean to reach mls cup you're gonna have to go through atlanta toronto nycfc potentially um at least at, yeah, at, at least yeah well if all best case scenarios work out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's certainly a difficult road for, for any team. Um, You know, I I think, and, and obviously this, this potential relocation story kind of throws a wrench in things, but um, you know, I think they go into just about any matchup thinking it can play with the team. Now, as we've said, you know, going to Atlanta is extremely difficult. Um, Going to Toronto is extremely difficult. And the last time the crew did that, they lost five, nothing. Um, so, you know, you go into some of these road games thinking, okay, you know, you can at least contend with a team, but, um, you know, I, am not sure. I, I think I I'm interested to see how a lot of these young players or, or players who haven't been in MLS all that long respond to a playoff environment. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if you go into Atlanta and win that game, I, I don't see any environment where you can't compete. I mean, I think, I think if you can get over that hurdle that, you know, that, that tells this team they can just do just about anything. Um, but that's a, that's a pretty big hurdle to clear. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, Andrew. I mean, let's talk about that whole stadium situation. I mean, I feel like the team is put in such a just a weird situation now. I mean, you have you have uh, Anthony Precourt, for those who don't know, the owner of the Columbus Crew, coming out and uh, basically saying that he intends to move the team to Austin if the downtown stadium is not found. How is that affecting the team? I've, that has to have some kind of effect. Yeah, I mean, at least on the surface, they're they're saying it doesn't. Um, but you know, <laughs> what else are they going to say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but I, you know, like I've said, I mean, they're in a very difficult spot because they're residents of Columbus. A lot there are a lot of guys on the team with Ohio ties and have yeah. grown up watching the team, and that's how they, you know, grew up with soccer. So that that is certainly a difficult part. But they're also employees of the team, and they understand that soccer is at times a business. So it's kind of a tough spot they're put in because they want to be sensitive to, they want to be sensitive to the fans as well. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that's weighed on them mentally. And, and a couple of the players told me tonight, it felt like a, a weight was kind of lifted off their shoulders. So I think at least the initial shock of this and um, you know, some of the, I don't know, the baggage that comes with it. I think a lot of that wore off with this game. Um, I, I'm not, I, I doubt anything will be decided definitively between now and, and Thursday night when they play Atlanta United. So it'll, it'll still be the same situation, but I think the initial burden of this, um, some of that at least wore off um, with the, uh, 
uh, with the NYCFC game. Um, that being said, I mean, I, there's still a lot to be determined. Down in Austin, um, there's no set stadium site. Um, Columbus, it doesn't seem like anything's progressing. So, you know, the, the consensus in Columbus is that um, – the, the team is Anthony Precourt is looking to move the team to Austin. Um, obviously things can change at the last minute deals can come together at the last minute, but um, there's a very real possibility that crew SC is not playing in Columbus and uh, after the uh, 2018 season. So Andrew, a lot of it has to do with, with, I guess what a lot of these original clubs are struggling with is fan base and growth. And there was something in the contract saying that he was able to move the club. Now from, from a cultural perspective, are the Columbus crew meaningful to the community of Columbus? I think so. Um, you looked at the first, I think the first three years of the Anthony Precourt ownership. So he bought the team in summer 2013, um, 2014, 2015, 2016. They had year over year growth in attendance. Uh, the rebrand of the club was something that was celebrated. You remember the old logo with the construction workers. They yeah. changed yep. Into the uh, yeah, they, exactly. They changed that into the new um, circle logo. You know, it's a lot cleaner, a lot more modern. Um, looked a lot more like a soccer logo, to be to be mm-hmm. quite frank. Um, and so all, all of those changes were applauded. They got a, a stadium sponsor. They got a new uniform sponsor. Um, the last thing, the last piece of that, and it's a big piece, is a stadium. So, um, you know, a, a lot's been made of their attendance this year being down and their TV viewership being down. Um, I think one thing to point out with that is I think seven of the last eight home games this team played, they had 17,000 or more fans. Um, it was, I think, a lot of it due to they struggled a lot in 2016 on the field, went 8, 14, and 12, finished second to last in the Eastern Conference. And people in Columbus show up for a winner. And so yeah. earlier in the season, it, it really impacted their attendance. Um, you know, they had a lot of like Wednesday night games, a lot of cold weather games. Um, and their their attendance, they, they drew really poorly in the first um, six, seven, eight games of the season and, and couldn't quite pick it up until the summer. Um, and that really set them back. So not to say that one season of attendance is, is impacting a club moving or not, um, but I think there is a demonstrated interest in this club in the Columbus market. Um, it just will take some reconfiguring and um, figuring things out. So and I think that's that's the gripe a lot of fans have had with it is it's is it really that bad? So um, I, I think that's a question we'll continue to ask over the next, you know, few weeks here. But um, you know, certainly looks like there is a, is a very strong possibility the team's in in Austin. Like I said, after the 2018 season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a sad situation. You've seen MLS original. I mean, I was watching the. Uh, when the ESPN whip around show for MLS, they talked about the Columbus crew. They mentioned emotionally it sucks. It it really does. But uh, you, well, logically it, it just it seems to make, I guess, more sense of sorts due to the numbers Columbus have been having and whatnot. Um, do, do you think, in your own opinion, that the team would be better off in Austin? I mean. Do you think they'd be better off in Austin than in Columbus, or is it kind of just like a wild card? Because that's my take from it. I think it's 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 an unknown, kind of an unknown. Because I mean, the Aztecs were there, and the Aztecs failed, and they moved to uh, Orlando, which is almost the opposite that's happening right here with Columbus moving to Austin. So, do you think the team would be much better off moving to Austin? Yeah, that's hard to say. I think, like you said, I think the word wild card is a, a good way to describe it because, you know, as MLS mentioned in its statement when this came out, Columbus is near the bottom of the league in, in most, if not all, 
business metrics. Um, and so they're, they're struggling in that sense. And there is a revenue gap in that sense. Um, but the thing, you know, we have to understand about Austin is, you know, that we don't, we don't know what, you know, we, we, we know there is an appetite for MLS there, but there, there hasn't been a team there aside from, like you said, the Aztecs, right. Now, that's comparing apples to oranges a bit yeah. because it's a, it's a USL pro franchise that, um, you know, in its second iteration was playing at a high school stadium and had to fold due to financial concerns. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd base Austin's viability as an MLS market based off of that. You know, there's certainly a lot of private money there, a lot of disposable income, um, you know, a lot of sponsorship potential down there. Um, but, you know, it is very similar to Columbus in a lot of ways. There's uh, a growing, you know, young population, um, you know, I, I, you would say, um, you know, a big university town, the university. College town, yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you know, part of the knock on Columbus mm-hmm. is that Ohio State football Ohio State. takes away from whether it's the Blue Jackets or the crew um, takes away from those things. You know, the same argument can be made for, you know, Texas where football is, is king and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. football specifically is king. So um, I, I think it, I think it in theory would work down there. Um, I think you need to find the right stadium site in order to make that work, but that's that's any town. So, um, like you said, I think there's still some wild card aspects to it, but I, I can certainly see um, from a financial standpoint and a, and a population standpoint the appeal of it. The last question here: Does the city or do the fans think it's they're all but gone? This is it. You know, I, I think they've. Most of them have decided to, if they do go down, they're going to go down swinging. And so we saw the the Save the Crew mm-hmm. rally at City Hall today. You had a few thousand people and several notable speakers from the Columbus community. And I think you'll continue to see that. You'll continue to see the Save the Crew hashtag. You'll continue to see other fan bases supporting that message. Um, there was a little bit of that today at City Field. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I – don't, I think the fans, you know, are, are many of them are realistic in that, you know, Austin or, or elsewhere is the more likely move at this point. Um, but I think they, they have said, if, if there is, if there are only a few months to determine this, you know, why not give it your best shot in those few months and at least say you tried. Um, so I I think you'll continue to see that from the fan base. All right, Andrew, I just want to thank you for joining us uh, today and give us that Columbus insight that we've all been just searching for. Because I mean that that story hit us like a brick um, when it <laughs> happened on mo- mo- Monday night. I remember me and Steven just texting back and forth and like, "Holy crap, year Columbus moved to Austin." It was just a bizarre thing. And on this show, Andrew, we do a little something called a shameless plug, where you can plug us all, uh, where you can find your articles, where you can find you on Twitter, all that, that good stuff. So just let the viewers know where you can find you, so they can follow you and uh, read your stuff. All right. The shameless plug. Um, you can find the all of our crew coverage at dispatch.com. Um, we post a lot of our articles on the Crew Cuts blog on the Dispatch website. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at A. Erickson CD. Perfect. Thanks so much, Andrew. And uh, we'll see what happens with the crew. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Alrighty, listeners, we're back, 
And uh, Armand's dog has been a very prominent feature on today's show, huh? Yeah, I'm really sorry about that, guys. Uh, my dog's been barking at like everything that moves. Um, I honestly, if you if you could tell why he was barking, I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> I just kept repeating the same word to kind of get my train of thought going. I don't know why he was barking so much, but he's calmed down. Hopefully. You won't be barking anytime soon. So again, sorry for the little barking, but hey, my dog's cute, so oh, well. it's whatever. Go follow Armand on Twitter and see a picture of his dog. <laughs> uh, Western Conference, Portland, take Cascadia Cup as well as the number one seed. Fifteen wins, I like that. eight draws, eleven losses. Although quite a quite a substantial amount of losses for a one seed. Uh, so Stephen, let me ask you: Do you think Portland's the best team in the West? Because mm, I really think nope. they are. No. Who do you think that, who, who do you think is? It's a toss up. Honestly, they're all the, the I would I would say other than San Jose and the Houston Dynamo. Those four, Sporting KC, Vancouver, Seattle Sounders, Portland. You tell me one of those represents the West, I'd be sure. Yeah, I could there's there's a potential chance. Yeah, the West was like the West was interesting cuz the East was settled but the West was just a, it was a mess, I think. Yeah. You have Portland, Seattle, Vancouver. You had San Jose get in. We'll talk about San Jose later. I don't want to talk about them right now. We'll just have <laughs> no other things to talk about later. But Portland, you have to realize, have been led by Diego Valeri. I mean, he's been oh, a fantastic player. Phenomenal player. Phenomenal I, mean, player. He sh- I mean, honestly, he could be MVP too, man. Well, I think but he have, will get the to, MVP. You think you will? I think you should too, because he's been he's been one of the best additions to the league and to the team. He's and he's truly embra- embraced Portland. He's embraced Portland. He's embraced MLS. He is talking to all his Argentinian buddies, South American buddies to come over to MLS because it's not that bad. So no, yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, um, it's fa- fantastic. Uh, Caleb Porter. I wonder. We uh, this is a side off track, but. U.S. men's national team. Do you think he has a potential to get the gig? Is I mean, his name he in the could. hat? I mean, he'd, 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 he'd obviously he'd obviously have his name in the hat because um, he's yeah. been doing really well, and and he's got Portland on the right track. That home field advantage is phenomenal. And, and oh and, yeah, for sure. And they do have a very talented squad. You know, Adi. Oh man, they Blanco. have a great squad. Yeah. Adi, yeah, Blanco, 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 and Guzman. I think have been great additions to the team because Guzman fits well with Chara. You have Blanco creating opportunities for for Valeri and uh, Fernando Adi. I mean, you have Matt, you have Darren Matox who's been good as of late, scoring goals. Um, my only question for Portland is defensively, they have been shaky. Um, you do have Liam Ridgewell in the back. You have Valentina. As a fullback, but I mean, outside of I guess those two, I mean, it has been relatively shaky. Uh, I, I, it's it. That's I think their their weakest part. I think everything else is great, and that's why I really like Portland uh, to be the favorite out of the West. But outside of that, mm, that defense scares me a little bit. Scares me a little bit. What scares you about the defense most? Uh, just, just, just overall, just I just don't. I don't like the center the, the the center back. I mean, the center back pairing has been a complete like I would say almost like a mystery of sorts. I mean, sometimes they'd be playing with this duo, and the other day they'd be playing with this duo. Uh, give me one second. Let me. I the duos off the top of my head are. Um, but 
it's just, just the center back combination I think is off. And beginning of the season they did struggle. Um, overall, I, I overall even with Guzman they did they they did struggle. So I mean I think that's the only thing I'm really con- concerned about. You have Ridgeville obviously back there, and you also have v- uh, you have Vital and Alvis Powell. Yeah. But I mean overall they just ugh, they just don't really blend that well. I mean when you look at a defense that's confident, I mean I would I would if they had the defense of KC, I think they'd be easily favorites to win the MLS Cup. But I mean, right now, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little scary. Well, that's the thing about the West. Then we get the defending champs, Seattle Sounders, who a will get the bye, which is I think massive because Clint Dempsey got sent off today with a yeah with good, a, good decision, good job, Clint Dempsey. Way to screw good job, you. great job, Clint. Way to screw your team over. Twelve goals. Uh, he, you know, he's an older player. Uh, Nicholas Ladero hasn't had the most superb season of all. Uh, but unlike last year, unlike last year, but Will Bruin has really been something. Oh yeah, Will Bruin they got from the trade uh, from Houston. He's been fantastic. I think uh, a serviceable stri- uh, a serviceable forward, especially in the absence of a uh, Jordan Moore. Especially they need another for- they need another attacker to step up, and Bruin's been excellent. For sure. And do you think now with Seattle, you know, the funny thing is what's the difference between Seattle and Portland? It's one point. So do you you say how far back is Seattle to Portland? I wouldn't say much, to be honest with you. Uh, I think uh, Seattle, I think the top three is not much separating them. I think Seattle is a, qual- a quality team. You have Roldan. Uh, who's been playing really well at that central mid position. I mean, Dempsey's kind of having a ah, year, but Clint Dempsey can always pull magic. Defensively, I really like how they've been doing defensively, especially with New Who. Uh, I, I, I've li- I like New Who. I've also uh, liked uh, Joven Jones, even though there has been some issues with Joven Jones because of uh, his little uh, national team spat and uh, also – his issues uh, when you're talking about him going to Darmstadt, is he still going to have that focus? I think he will because now it's kind of like clear eye view. He's, he's all focused fo- focus, focus on the prize. I mean, like I said, I think, I think this team has the quality to, 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 be, uh, to compete, with Port- compete with Portland. I don't think they're that far behind, if that makes any sense. Yeah, Brian Smensher has, has done a phenomenal job since he's taken over. Uh, and – I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of a hangover. Will Seattle, uh, you know, they've been here, done that. Will they be a desperate team? Will they want to completely commit to what they've done? Because we won the cup last season. We'll get through this. And, well, and the- I think I think they I think they do. It's hard to interrupt you. I think they do because I think a lot of the narrative throughout MLS has been that game was a fluke for Seattle. If that makes any sense. Well, Stefan Fry came up with a massive save, and that's why they won it, right? So it's it's a game of inches. Obviously, football's a game Zero of Zero shots in 120 minutes, man. Yeah. I, it's, Just an inch. So, you know, they might have a, a point to prove. A point to prove. And, and it will be fascinating to see. Will the Seattle Sounders fan base show up? Will they will they oh, want that's... to take it to Atlanta and be like, no, we're the best crowd. You know, the 12th man up in Seattle. Um all right, let, let's talk about the, the wild card games, if you want to call that that. You got Houston taking on Sporting KC. That will be a fun, that'll be a fun game. Um, actually, these two teams have played twice. 
uh, really recently. Um, yes. Houston actually drew uh, SKC at uh, SKC. A week and, ago. And, uh, man, oh, yeah, that game, uh, Tyler Derrick was making some phenomenal saves. I have a buddy at UTD. He's a huge Houston s- supporter. And, man, they he was making pl- – ah, it was – it was a phenomenal performance by Tyler Derrick. Um, and then uh, Houston did beat uh, uh, SKC 2-1, Eric Palmer Brown own goal. Um, in a game that really SKC was doing a lot better, and then Houston came back and scored scored two goals. So they have, they have, they have that perseverance and whatnot. And it, the key thing is, I think, for Houston, it's not in SKC. It's at Houston because Houston's a horrific road team. But now that's at home and horrific, and yeah, they're horrific. Uh, and now they're at home. Um, I really, I really think they have a shot. They have a shot at advancing. I don't know about you. I think they do have a shot at advancing, even though SKC does have a rock solid defense. I would say that defense comes really in handy for Sporting KC, especially in the playoffs, because it's about grinding out results. Although they're oh, yeah. offensively. They're not very strong. You know, um, San Jose only scored one less goal than Sporting KC. Uh, Minnesota United has scored more goals. LA has scored more goals. So Sporting KC have an issue going offensively, but they've been so good in the back that 1-0 will do it, you know. So they, they have a tendency to do this. And the what's what I can't believe is the Sporting KC allowed to have that first game go on the road. They could have, you know, finished higher up in the seating. They could have. They really could have. They could have. They could have. They really could have. If they had just done their job against Salt Lake, uh, they would be be the home team. They let that come. Let it go out of the grasp. And and you have to realize in MLS, a home game is so important, especially in a one off. A home game is important. I think every team except for DC won their home home game uh, last last year in the playoffs. Now you're looking at um, going on the road against Houston, against explosive front three, Elis Kyoto and Torres. Um, Wilma Cabrera has brought those guys to life. He's brought uh, Kubo Torres back to life, scoring goals left and right. I mean, you have Vicente Sanchez even coming on. He's like, what, 37, 38? And he's coming on providing meaningful minutes. Um, one of the most underrated players, I'd say, uh, as of late, has been Alex, uh, the center mid. He's just he's been such a great a great facilitator in in the mid, in the middle of the park. Um, so I mean, Houston, I think Houston has the team that can break down Kansas City's defense. But Steven, exactly like you said, especially on the road, it's about grinding results. If you can hold on to zero zero, hold that hold on to keep Houston at bay, maybe force it to penalties or Forced into extra time, I think you have to give the leg up to Kansas City in that instance over Houston. Oh, absolutely. All right, moving on to Vancouver, San Jose. San Jose is not good. They are the odd man out. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, if, if, if San Jose advances, I'll be shocked. They have allowed shocked. 60 goals. 60. Oh, that, that's... Really poor. That is tied for I think fifth or sixth worst in the league. And they're in yeah, the they have the worst goal difference that they won the playoffs. They have a minus twenty one goal difference. And they, man, they they relied on decision day drama. They relied on Urania scoring goal in ninety third minute to clinch that playoff berth and steal it from FC Dallas. Um, 
their formation actually brought up uh, by Matt Doyle is more of a four-two-four than the four-four-two. You have you have to say they're they're a good side. I mean, you have Heike on the side. Uh, you also have um, you also do have Urania on the bench. He's on the bench. He came on and scored. You also have Wondolowski, who's who's been an MLS just legend. Um, uh, still throughout gets scoring goals left team. and right. Still gets called national team. So yeah, there's that. And the thing is, I don't think they can beat Vancouver. I really don't. I think. Uh, they made us a playoffs great for them, you know. I just, I, I don't. I think Vancouver is licking their chops right now, even though they just drew one-one um, uh, in the penultimate in the penultimate week. I think Vancouver saw that result and they're pissed. They're pissed about it. They're pissed being the third seed because they could have easily clinched and been the first well, seed, and they're pissed. And they could have had the one seed and Cascadia Cup. Nope, but they finish third. They have to play wild card game. They get this, obviously. Vancouver is the the favorite, so San Jose is playing with house money. I wonder what type of mindset that will bring. Uh, goal differential doesn't matter anymore. How many goals you scored last week or what your record is doesn't matter anymore. This is all about uh, the games this week and the 90 minutes that are ahead. And Vancouver, quite frankly, is kind of a club that came out of nowhere. Did did anybody really see Vancouver climb the table like, like they no. did? No. No. I mean, Freddie Montero. It's been really good. Uh, Rainium, uh Watson, and, and then they run this four-two-three-one. So, he, playing up in Vancouver, you know, it's definitely an advantage. San Jose is going to be far from uh, home. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and and they have just, turf, it, right? Yeah, they do have turf. It's BC place. Uh, yeah, they so, do have turf. So San Jose, who plays on grass, that's definitely a huge disadvantage. I think clubs who who play uh, on turf. As as their home, you know, as a home field advantage has a huge. Uh, it's, it's just something different, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. Then Vancouver is just. I think they're a product of their coach Carl Robinson, who's a fantastic coach and who's really brought the side together. Remember, this is the team that actually started FC Dallas's slump. They beat FC Dallas four zero. If you if you remember, yes. Um, and man, Freddie Montero is a fantastic player. I mean, they brought him in from China. And he's just, he's just, I think, a player that they needed. Now, the question is, if I think if, Van, if you're Vancouver, I feel like there's more pressure on Vancouver to win than San Jose. Oh, absolutely. If that makes sense. Because, I mean, no, no, Vancouver I mean, can't San Jose, no game. one expects to win. But the thing San Jose, is, Van- no one expects them to win. The thing is, Van- Vancouver has to win this game. If not, their season's a fluke and nobody's gonna, everybody's just going to write them off next season. Right? Nobody's going to care. So if, no, Van- yeah, no if, if Vancouver wants to make a statement, if they want to say, yeah, we're for real, Portland, watch out, Seattle, watch out, we got the players, Montero's going to have a point to prove. You know, yeah, he- so you're completely right in saying that Vancouver has all the pressure to win. And, and yeah, in, I mean, in those positions, yeah. some teams you know, lay eggs. <laughs> FC Dallas. Yeah, and hopefully Vancouver doesn't. <laughs> FC Dallas. Uh, yeah, San Jose. Um, they really have. I mean, they're 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 a fine side, but I mean, they made the switch. Dominic Kinnear out, their GM in. But if Vancouver doesn't win this, then they didn't deserve to anyway. No, <laughs> that already, sense. That is. Your playoff preview from Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast plus a dog. Um, Western Conference, Vancouver, 
hosting San Jose, October 25th. Are we going to do some picks? ET. Yeah, we're going to get to those picks here in a sec. Oh, hell yeah. The other matchup will be a day after, 9.30 Eastern Time, Houston hosting Sporting KC. I wanted to make a side note on Houston. The Astros are in the play, uh, in the World Series. So if Houston can get it, maybe just qualify for the next round. The city's already buzzing with a successful team. Houston could latch on and you know maybe grab an extra couple fans. Hey, let's go to the Dynamo game. You know They're in the playoffs. The Astros are doing well. Let's, let's carry over the momentum. Just wanted to bring that up. Eastern Conference, the Chicago Fire. On the 25th, we'll be hosting the New York Red Bulls, 8.30 Eastern. Fantastic matchup there. And then the one we've, I, I'm looking forward to most, Atlanta United hosting the crew. Save the crew, hashtag. Hashtag save the crew. October 26th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Picks? Let's do picks. Uh, starting the Western Conference, Vancouver versus the Earthquakes. <laughs> it, it's it i and i have to pick vancouver i i think yeah i think they'll, they'll they'll put on a a a a it'll be a struggle at first i think they will struggle a bit at first but i think they'll bring it on towards the latter part of the game and i think they'll record a 2-0 victory i agree uh houston taking on sporting kc i think sporting kc will take this out they'll get a flaw they'll get some sort of goal they're gonna hold on to your life I agree with you, Stephen. Um, I, I I really do, and it's nothing against anyone in Houston. I just think SKC, <laughs> if they if they come out, they'll flame out. They'll flame out in the playoffs. But I mean, this would be just a bad loss. They lose, and I think their defense is rock solid, and it's made for grinding out results like this. So I do see them advancing. It just depends on where they can get scoring from. It will be from Shallowy. It will be from Rubio. It will be from Blessing. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it, mm-hmm. it depends on one of those guys. Chicago Fire back in the playoffs after a long drought. Taking on the Red Bulls. Team that has been really successful during the regular season the last couple of years. Underwhelmed last several years in the playoffs as well. So you got this flip of a switch, but doesn't really click. I got Chicago winning this out. I think the Schweinsteiger, I think it's it would be good for the league to see them be successful. I think the home field advantage, I don't see that Red Bulls have enough in them. To take on Nikolic in the in that in that front when they go forward with uh, Akam and Schweinsteiger and they actually click, it, it's dangerous. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with another upset pick. I'm I'm gonna go with the Red Bulls. Uh, might be a not not so popular pick. I really do like Chicago and the way they play, especially with Nikolic and Akam, and um, we we can go on and on with with, with their attack. They're they're fantastic. Solniak on the bench. Um, it's, Man, they're they're a great team. It's just my, I just don't see them. I just don't see them winning. I just feel like they'll they'll crash out of the, the the first round. I do see the Red Bulls putting on a good performance. I see them putting on a professional performance, I guess, of sorts. I think they'll just pull out a two one victory. Uh, maybe the game will go to extra time. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, I do think the high press of the Red Bulls will I think fluster uh, Chicago, and we're gonna see Chicago with an early exit. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Uh, Atlanta United, hashtag playing save the crew. I got Atlanta United, unfortunately, destroying the hearts of the Columbus fan base. I think that uh, that home field advantage is just too much. I think the crew will, in, in the the Atlanta press, it's just deadly. So, yeah, Atlanta United, moving yeah. on. 
Yeah, I've Atlanta moving on as well. Uh, poor crew. I mean, we should see them host a home playoff game, but I really don't see it happening. I see Martinez, Almiron, Assad, Villalba just wrecking havoc. Um, I do see Columbus getting a couple opportunities here and there, but I don't. I don't see anything that resemble a dominant performance. I say I think Atlanta will move on through one victory. Alrighty, MLS playoffs preview plus a dog. Mm. You plus a dog. Plus a dog. Yes. Follow us on Twitter at Unksam Soccer Pod. Stephen Jodder and Armand Kafai. You know our names. Follow us. Let us know what you thought. What are your thoughts? Tell us if our picks are wrong. Laugh at us if our picks end up being wrong. I always enjoy a good laugh. And uh, we'll be back later this week with more MLS playoffs preview. Thanks for listening. Until next time. My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. It's home to thousands of students working together with faculty to advance our careers, change our careers, or finally earn our degree. My classroom is just like every Penn State classroom because it is getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. The available AKG 36-speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.